saw a TikTok um, the other day that was talking about the uh, how millennials, when they record like a video to post on the internet, will pause right after like hitting record, sort of like unsure of of you know, I guess if it's capturing them immediately. Like there's this this common pause that takes place, and it's very noticeable among like millennials and. Mm. The idea there is that like that gen this generation is sort of coming to a point where uh they're sort of aging out of like modern like how to use modern technology in a way. Uh-huh. Like there there's like like quirks that that you can notice with a lot of like millennials that you won't see with like Gen Z for instance when it comes to engaging with things on the internet. I don't know. I think that specific behavior, though, is like conditioned mm-hmm. to where it's like you would like go to record or like take a photo or something and then you'd like do a whole thing and then realize that it didn't record and you feel like a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that's like a, a conditioned behavior rather yeah, than I can see that. Like, mm-hmm. like being like we're turning into boomers kind of thing. Right. I think that's like the wrong message to take away from that specific behavior could be like yeah like sure you know maybe we won't know how to use uh an ipad in 10 years or something you know like we 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 talked about that a long time ago where like uh zoomers don't know how to use computers properly because they were raised on like touch devices yes um so i don't know so yeah maybe we'll we will just not know how to maybe we won't know how to use uh zuckerberg's metaverse you know, <laughs> no less like not even just like how to use it, but what it is. Well, sure. Yeah, I don't think I don't think any Facebook. I was actually reading about that uh, earlier. Like nobody that works for Facebook knows what it is. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just his whole it's in his really head, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like the term metaverse is just being attributed to anything that's like augmented reality or virtual reality related, Mm -hmm. which is something that's existed for a long time now. So, right. Yeah. It just bothers me because, um, well, I'm not going to bring it up. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to bring it up because you'll just, you'll just, I can, I can't see you, but I know you'll just immediately roll your eyes. So I'm not going to bring it up. Oh, now I want to hear it. I was just going to say, cause like, um, Persona 5. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I should have known. <laughs> it's like the you know, um they go into the metaverse in Persona Five and that's like part of the you know, story of the game. Is it actually referred to as the metaverse? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's just sort of like um in- instead of them saying the collective unconscious like over and over and over again, they say the metaverse. Um <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh maybe zuck is a big uh persona fan he's definitely not no he read uh he he read too much ready player one i think oh god thing. okay yeah 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 that makes a lot more sense uh-huh yeah but yeah no just hit, us hitting record reminded me of that i thought that was kind of sure. interesting yeah <laughs> oh we have fun we have fun uh it's a <laughs> show it's Bill and Ian. It's Bill and the non-political Ian. Yes. <laughs> uh, we got some fun stuff. Um, and you know what's not political is uh, the collective unconscious and the uh, Jungian archetypes, which can be viewed through uh, tarot cards. And so it's time for another edition of Not in the Cards, where uh, I was actually requested. This was a requested reading. Yes. Um, Meanwhile, I thought you never wanted to ever see this segment again um, <laughs> <laughs> because it always ends in um, 
Not only like impending doom, but also very bad audio. I guess it's it's been long enough since the last one that I've forgotten uh-huh. how bad it usually sure. is. So sure. So this will just be a reminder and then we won't return to it for a sure. long time going forward. Yeah. Um, so you requested a specific reading because you would like to see the fortunes of one New York Jets football team. Yes. Um, and the last time you wanted to know about the the future and the conditions of the New York Jets football team, you specifically asked about the quarterback. And uh, it was not looking good. I think I might have pulled uh, the death card or something, something catastrophic. And uh, then the quarterback did get hurt for uh, quite, quite a length of time. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, because uh, the Jets are actually, uh, they're shocking the world right now. Yes. Uh, if the season ended today, the Jets would be in a playoff position. That would be strange because it's only been like five weeks. So that'd be a weird Six. season. Six. Okay. Still would be a weird season. Um, but yeah, they're, they're playing quite well. So you want to know if they're uh, if they're for real. Yeah. You know, it's it's been interesting because um, the Jets have been like in this constant cycle of potential rebuild, collapse, rebuild, collapse, you know, mm-hmm. for the better part of like a decade now, at least um, where at a least. lot of. Yeah, I'm I'm rounding uh rounding down there. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's a situation where they always have high draft picks because, you know, the worse you are, the worse you perform in the regular season, the better draft pick you have. So the Jets have reliably had a very top-tier uh draft class. Um, yeah. This offseason, they had three first-round picks and a high second-round pick. And all four of those players have been absolute difference makers on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, this this group of young players has really come together in addition to some veterans they have and a really good coaching system. And they're just – they're they're performing – Far better than than most people anticipated. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's been exciting. Uh, and because the last tower reading was so accurate, mm-hmm. uh, scarily accurate. Yeah. Um, and because I am an impatient person, I do want to refer to the cards to see how this the rest of the season will go from from here on. Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think we'll keep things simple and just do a past, present, present, future. Right. That seems to make uh, most sense. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I've I've done some shuffling. I think I did a fairly decent job here. And uh we'll see what's in store. Okay. Our first card is an inverted Queen of Wands. All right. Now, normally when it's upright, it's uh courage and determination. But since this is reversed, uh it signifies selfishness, jealousy, and insecurities. And this is for our past. Okay. And so the Jets have had their share of struggles. You said a decade. It's been probably longer than that. Uh, and they've been in the, the AFC East, you know, uh, under the thumb of the Patriots for a very long time. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they've always been looking up in the standings, right? With with a lot of uh, jealousy, right? Let me just, and, just say that they have recently broke a 12-game uh, division losing streak. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So they've been looking up in the standings with with a lot of jealousy, wondering why that can't be them. And it couldn't be them because of their piss poor play and management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's been a lot of insecurity there that they've been they've been like 
uh, the Patriots and Tom Brady were just feasting on them and the rest of the division for uh, t- 20 years. Um, so, yeah, th- I think this accurately uh, showcases uh, the past of the Jets. A little uh, harsh I- there, but that's that's fair. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at their present now. Um, we have an inverted uh, high priestess. Mm. I don't know why I pull a lot of inverted cards. I, yeah. I, I really try to shuffle. I don't know what happens. Um, um, so normally this is, uh, intuitive, uh, it, it represents your inner voice, uh, but reversed, it's, a, a, a lack of balance, um, a lost inner voice and repressed feelings. Um, so maybe the, 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 the current jets are like, this is, this is a different state of circumstances, right? They're, they're known as, uh, a bit of a joke, you know, uh, the butt fumble, you know, you have. Oh, God, just, just that, that was so long ago. I know, but like it, it's it's part of the uh, identity. It's only it's only uh, what was it? The the butt punt now is uh, from uh, was it the Cardinals has now supplanted the butt fumble is sort of the <laughs> the ass play, uh, you know, in the NFL. Um, so that that happened this year, right? That was it did. Um, that was a, a punt from a team's own end zone. So they were really backed up. And oh, they were backed up. All right. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah, so the punter kicked it right into the back of one of his own teammates. Just straight up the gooch. It was yeah. it was something else. Um so so yeah, so that was sort of like the defining quality of the Jets. And so that 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 was their inner voice, even though, you know, that was uh uh a dark a dark memory, right? But um a dark memory that is forever tattooed on somewhere on Rex Ryan's body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so now, like they've they've had these uh, these uh, repressed feelings, right? Of of like we said before, inadequacy and uh, jealousy, and now they're able to like sort of unleash that, right? They're they're able to sort of try to turn things around, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of maybe the present state. Um, All right, I like that interpretation. Um, again, mm-hmm. it was really focusing on the negative there, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's, let's see, this is what you're, the one you're very curious about is, uh, is the future. This is it. Yep. Yeah. That's what I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an inverted, <laughs> oh, no. we have an inverted knight of swords. I don't know about your abilities here when it comes I don't, to tower I don't know readings. what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, okay. Well, you're not going to like this. Uh, normally when it's upright, it's, uh, impulsiveness and, uh, defensive beliefs. Okay. But when it's reversed uh it means there's sort of a there's no direction um and uh, a disregard of consequences and unpredictability so this is this is a little hard to read right if there's if there's uh unpredictability right interesting um so this could this could go in a lot of directions <laughs> <laughs> literally uh so you know they could they it could break bad and go the way that the Jets usually go, or they could continue to surprise and um, you know maybe compete for a, a literal wild card, right? Um, hmm. But I like that. I like know, that uh, wordplay there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if they're disregarding consequences, you know they they have nothing to lose, right? Like yeah, uh, they're they're very much playing with house money this year. Exactly. You know, like nobody expected them to be where they are. Um, and you know, this is, it's a, it's still a, a transitional period. It's a, it's a time of change. And, uh, if, if they, if they win some games, it's fantastic. And if they lose some games, you know, they can continue to, uh, build on what, 
what they're working with, right? So the consequences really don't matter. So they can disregard them. Yes, I like that, especially when you consider how young the team is and how much of a foundation they have, right, for the future. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it may be unpredictable, but that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Um, can we um, can we do a separate reading for the quarterback again? Sure. Because I'd be happy to. That position continues to be my main point of concern for the team. Mm -hmm. The throughout this the strong start of the season, the defense has been dominant, just fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, the run game, led by uh, rookie Brees Hall, who's had multiple consecutive hundred plus yard games, has been excellent. Um, Zach Wilson has existed on the field. I okay. will say. Um, <laughs> well, that's better than what he's done before. Yes. Uh, so, you know, last week I was watching him play and, and one thing I really do like is his ability to like create time and space for himself. He mm -hmm. will sort of scramble and, you know, make up for maybe some, some weaknesses in the, the pass block game. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas the player we had before Joe Flacco was a literal statue and. Cause he's 40 fucking years old. And also before that, he was not very mobile. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he did the best he could out there, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so he creates time and space. It's just the decision-making that Wilson uh, makes when he throws the football is mm -hmm. is often concerning. Um, there are probably like three or four passes that should have been intercepted in the Packers game that weren't, mm -hmm. uh, which could have made the game uh, turn out quite differently, you know? Right. Um, there were some passes that I feel like most quarterbacks would and should make accurately where he would like either throw behind or in front of the, the receiver. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just some little things that, you know, and he's still very young, right? This is his second season in the league. He's had, uh, an injury issue that has sort of stalled his, his season, um, so there's a lot of time and room for growth, right? But I would like to consult the cards mm -hmm. about Zach Wilson specifically and, and what his future is looking like. Right. Okay. Well, we'll do another simple one. Okay. Another past, present, future. I'm trying to get a good shuffle. Okay. All right. Zach Wilson's past. The six of wands. Now this one doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's for victory. Success and public reward. Okay. Um, I can see that, though, because this you're talking about a first-round draft pick with a very successful college career. Okay, yeah. This would be his, I guess, his college career, and his public reward would have been his high draft choice, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's uh, what this would signify then. Um, I guess not a really whole lot to say then. All right. Right? We're just, yeah, we're just leading into the to what we really yeah. want to yeah. uncover here. Uh, present, the sun. Oh, I didn't even know that was a uh, an option. Mm -hmm. uh, joy, success, celebration, and positivity. So it's a good time right now, mm -hmm. right? The clouds have parted, yes. you know, riding high. Uh, and, you know, he he's still he's still young. This is like the sun has literally risen, right? Um, he did the, uh, what's it called? The gritty when he, when he scored a touchdown, the, the dance. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, that looked fun, you know, exciting. I, I just know the Flyers mascot. I, I Maybe that's, maybe I have the wrong name. Wait, let me, let me look that up real quick. This is not necessary at all, but. Gr the Gritty is the Flyers mascot, right? Gritty is, but this is like um, G-R-I-D-D-Y. Okay. Yeah. This is a Fortnite thing? There is a Fortnite dance, I think. 
Sure. But it's unclear of which, it's like a chicken or the egg thing. Uh-huh. You know, was the Fortnite dance based on something football related or what, or is it the, the other way around? Uh-huh. The gritty is a popular dance move in which a person mm. alternately taps their heels either in place or while walking, uh, while swinging their arms back and forth. Finally, they bring their uh, their hands to their eyes, which gritty creator Alan Davis refers to as, quote, putting bees up and popularizer bees? of bees, like the letter B. And <laughs> And popularizer of the gritty, Justin Jefferson, who I think is a, a wide receiver for the Vikings. Um, he instructs throwing your bees. Uh, and this, <laughs> I don't know what this means. I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> this looks similar to forming okay symbols around their eyes. Um, this is all from Wikipedia, by the way. Oh, so you make a bee with your hands, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. Origins. Alan Davis, as a high school football player, was inspired by the Nene of to, make, to make his yeah. own dance. Uh-huh. Uh, he created the Gritty and uploaded videos to YouTube. Um, yeah. Oh, and he introduced this to one of his best friends, who is now the uh, star wide receiver of the Bengals, Jamar Chase. Okay. And so Chase started doing this at LSU, and then he showed it to Justin Jefferson, and it kind of took off from there. I see. And in 2021, the dance was fe- featured as an emote in Fortnite. So there we go. We know yeah, yeah, yeah. we know which came first. I'm glad we cleared that up. You did not uh-huh. ask for this, um, but I thought I would share it. Right. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so Zach Wilson's present is doing the gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's see what's in store. Mm-hmm. We have. Very nervous about this. An inverted oh, queen of. Queen of Pentacles or Pentacles, like that movie said. Um, so <laughs> normally when it's upright, uh, you have practicality and mm-hmm. financial security. But reversed, as we see here, uh, it's self-centeredness, jealousy, and smothering. So this is interesting, especially for a quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you especially talked about maybe some poor decision making with the ball. Um, and so uh, he's not he's not making those practical throws all the time. Right. Uh, and according to this, uh, that's just going to be part of his nature in the future is he's not going to be practical oh, with no. the ball. Um, and he's going to be a little self-centered. And maybe the gritty is just an indication of that. <laughs> right. Where he's he's more concerned with the dancing than he is, you know, necess- with necessarily uh, holding on to the ball. Um, you know, we see some quarterbacks that like, you know, they have that competitive hot, hot headedness in them. Uh, and sometimes that works uh, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes you got like a Baker Mayfield or uh, whoever the hell was the Browns quarterback before him. The other guy um, with the with the coke addiction. Uh, yeah, um, it's right on the tip of my top. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Menzel, Johnny football. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there's there's some concern here. There's some concern. Um, I do remember over the summer there was the whole thing with Zach Wilson where he was like he 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 banged uh, his best friend's mom. Uh, so there was that whole thing. Uh, you know, well, that just sounds like none of our business. Sure. But it turned out that uh, they all put it on Instagram. So then uh, it, it was just public for whatever reason. And, you know, the Zoomers, I don't know what they do. 
Uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of self-centeredness here, uh, and it might come into play on the field, you know? So Um, can self-centeredness be a good thing? Because I, I've always, when I watch Zach Wilson, um, no matter how he's performing, there's always this air of like confidence and like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, belief in himself. Right. Yeah. Could that maybe be contribute to the self-centeredness and maybe it's like a, you know, having that confidence is, is important with the the position that he plays. I think to a degree, right. You know, Mm -hmm. but there's probably a fine line, right. You have to have that self-assuredness, you know, if you don't have confidence in yourself, then, you know, you're just like, like, you know, I'm watching the Steelers and we were dealing with Mitch Trubisky for, for about four weeks and he was just sort of a sad sack out there. I heard about that uh, locker room drama too. I don't even know what that is. Oh, you didn't hear this? No. Oh, this is a quick aside here. But during the Jets game, the Jets Steelers game, when um, at halftime Trubisky was benched and uh, Kenny Pickett, the rookie quarterback, got his first uh, chance to to play, mm-hmm. um, everybody assumed that like it was because Trubisky wasn't performing very well, and they wanted something to sort of like spark the the team, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out that at halftime, there was an altercation and Jerbisky kind of got into it with one of his teammates and whatever was said there led to the coach benching him. Um, so there huh. was some some locker room drama going on there, which came out after the fact. I'm surprised you didn't hear about this. No, I had no idea. Yeah. But yeah, but anyway, he was like a sad sack and like he wasn't like he wasn't playing what like super well, but he wasn't like, you know, you know, having turnovers or like throwing the game away. Right. But he just like didn't have any kind of like spark or confidence or anything um so like i think to a degree you need sort of that you know some of that uh some of that maybe even some of that overconfidence but and the i i've said this before but the new york media is so harsh when it comes to the sports teams too mm-hmm. so i feel like some of that confidence can kind of counteract the um the brutality of the uh the sports world and the culture in in new york that surrounds the jets right mm-hmm. so yeah so that's uh you know might be an area of concern. It might be okay, but that's that's what the cards have for you. All right, all right. I'm not, you know, super let down by this. I feel like there's mm-hmm. some hope there. There's some some possibility. Yeah. The Jets have the uh, well. By the time this is this is up, the game will be over. But they have the Denver Broncos, the struggling Denver Broncos this Sunday. Um, yeah. Which to me has trap game written all over it. Like they're traveling to the West Coast and playing a team that's really in a bad place. So at the same time, have you? attempted to watch a Broncos game. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> it's unwatchable. My jaw hit the floor when I recently found out how many draft picks and players they gave up to get Russell Wilson. Yeah, they got robbed. Like they have not only gotten a like a quarterback who is they they overpaid for and who is not performing up to the standards they would have thought, but mm-hmm. in the process they have derailed like their future for, for who knows how. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their defense is really good, but mm-hmm. uh, they cannot move the ball at all. Like they okay. they just won't. They just don't score. Um, yeah. No. There's. <laughs> well, that's that right there. Sounds like the uh, the past New York Jets. So mm-hmm. that sounds all right to me. Yeah, but uh, they've because I guess you know everybody was convinced that you know it's it's oh it's Russell Wilson's. This is going to be a you know marquee games, and so they've just they've just been on prime time. Yeah, like every week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just been unwatchable, unwatchable, just like yeah. six, six, nine games. Just terrible. Um, well, make sure everybody tune in to the Jets and the Broncos <laughs> this Sunday. <laughs> 
Uh, okay. That's enough football talk for now. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to do uh, another quick edition of Worst Beats in the World um, because I saw this on Twitter uh, courtesy of a retweet from uh, the Lawrence Arms, Brendan Kelly. Um, and this is sort of flabbergasting, um, whatever this is. Uh, and I don't even know how to introduce it. Uh, I think we should just listen to it. Um, Great. So this is, uh, I want to get the title correctly. Uh, I know the secret. From Tripod City. I was told that the opportunities arise to fulfill your dreams in life. Do it before they die. Look at the hunger in my eyes, and you will realize my limits higher than the sky. Yeah, I'm a gold boss to the ball. If you didn't want to know The truth ain't always pretty So I tell it how it goes The girl you slept with She a dirty hoe Now I'm telling you something you don't want to know Anyhow, who knew that anyways Nowadays people's words tend to be Lost in your mind and your vision turns gray One little secret ruined your whole day But why? Why did you let it? Is there something I'm missing? I don't get it The money that I lent you did you spend it? What about the truth? Did you bend it? The letter that you sent. Did you send it? High school. Did you attend it? So you kind of get the idea. I think so. Uh, yeah. Uh, so are you <laughs> playing this because it happens to be the 25th anniversary of this song's release? Because this definitely came out in 1997, right? Uh, according to YouTube, it came out December 26th. 2020 oh no <laughs> <laughs> happy holidays high school did you attend it it's a good line the, the, the fact that like he has to cram that to try to make that a sentence but he's just rhyming it with it <laughs> yeah wait so who is this this is tripod city okay um and i had to google them and I found their Facebook page. Um, and apparently Tripod City is Cleveland. Uh, I don't know why it's Cleveland. Huh. Um, yeah, uh, I do. This is terrible audio, but I do want to. They apparently have um, an album called Born a Champion, which for Cleveland doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, I mean, what about LeBron and, and the NBA? Oh, OK, I guess. But um, yeah. I'll just send you this real quick. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to describe what we have here? We have three gentlemen. <laughs> um, one of them might be, I can't tell if he's wearing a wig or that's just a really like large do-rag. Oh, I thought it was like a, like a mullet situation. Um, but you I can't tell because there's a hat. No, yeah, because he's got a backwards baseball hat. I think that's too much party in the back to be a mullet. I thought that was the whole um, point of mullets. No, I think... Mm, 
I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Also, the guy on um, the left is doing the gritty symbol. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And the guy on the right, like, is, like, barely wearing his space backwards baseball hat. It almost looks photoshopped on. The hat? The hat. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Which I don't fully understand. Like, maybe they took the photo and, and he's like, man, I, I just really need a hat here. Right. But they couldn't yeah. retake I think, it. Honestly, their, I think their the studio guy, space was, uh, they, they their rental was over. I think the guy on the left needs a hat because he's got, like, a bump for mm-hmm. hair. It's not, like, spikes or a mohawk. It's just kind of a bump. It's a convergence point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't even know how you get that. A lot it's of like, uh, a lot of um, very stiff hair gel. Yeah. So, you know, this whole deal is like the guy in the middle. Like, this is his life, right? And the other two guys are just like, fine, you know, we'll help you out with this. They have nine to fives. Yeah, yeah. The guy, <laughs> the guy in the middle is just like, yeah, this is this is like, we're going to make it kind of thing. He's, he's really the only one who was born a champion out of the tree right. here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh. What's on the uh, the tank top there? DF, DF something. I, I have no idea. Um, you could, The guy on the left put on his good shirt for this photo. Yeah, yeah. He's dressed you know, it's up. The button he's up with the collar. Yeah. Um, I know this is also bad audio. But this is also on their Facebook page. And maybe you could describe this one. Oh, no. Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. No, I don't want to do that. No. So this was what, what, the context here. Like, what was the post? Um, the, the caption is, in this life we live, let's live. And then the second live is all caps. Or maybe in this life we live, let's live. But I think it's the former. Or what if it's in this life we live, let live. Let's, let's live. <laughs> or what if it's live and let die? Uh, it's, uh, it's definitely not that one because that's not in the text. But yeah. Uh, so no, you don't want to describe what's going on here? Oh, I'm going to pass. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'll do it. Um, uh, looks like some kind of party. There's a dude with a with an old polycarbonate MacBook in the background. I had one of those. That's really your first um, observation. <laughs> I'm setting this scene. I'm setting this scene. Uh, somebody's got a bottle of, um, I don't know, some kind of vodka. I can't tell. Um, and in the foreground we have, I guess one of the tripods, I don't know which one, um, being grinded on by just a, a, a lovely girl from Cleveland who she's like almost on the floor. She's like doing the, uh, I don't know. Not the gritty. I, I don't know if it's the gritty. I don't know what it is. But she's she's hanging out. She's definitely hanging out. That's one way to put it. Uh, yeah, that's from 2013, by the way. Oh wow, um, throwback. Uh huh. Well, she's throwing it back. <laughs> um, their 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 bio says um intro tripod city uh bully blaze and grizzle um which one do you think's which? Oh, those are their names. Apparently. Oh God. Uh, man, I don't know. That's that's tough. <laughs> I think Grizzle's in the center. Grizzle's in the center? I think he's Grizzle. All right, and then Bully's on the right. He's kind of got, he's got the arms crossed, the very serious really? face. It's really? I thought, I thought, I think Bully might be on the left. Why? Explain. I don't know. He kind of looks like a bully. Okay. <laughs> and then the one on the right is Blaze. Oh, actually, it's not, it's not spelled Blaze like fire. It's spelled Blaze like blase, which is really, which is really kind of artsy. Um... <laughs> That's the first word I would use when describing Tripod City is artsy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Blase yeah. looks like he's too cool for school in this photo. You know, he's kind of yeah. like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this, you know, because you asked me to, but I don't really want to be here mm-hmm. type, type of uh, vibe. That letter, did you send it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's... Uh... <laughs> 
It's worst beats in the world for this week. Are you going to link to these these wonderful photos in the uh, the show description? Sure, I could do that. Yeah, or at least the the first one. I don't know. The second one might get us like thrown off of Spotify or or something. I don't think Spotify even knows we're on their platform. To be honest with you, um, yeah, the second one is rough. It's rough. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, there was apparently a music video. Uh, but then it got immediately like scrubbed off of uh, as soon as like it was circulating on Twitter. So <laughs> somehow not I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I ordered this incorrectly. I shouldn't. <laughs> I should not. Okay. All right. Well, it's time for a dead wrong. Um, oh yeah, you really did. I fucked this up badly. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'll do the other one and then the other one, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You got to live in this false. No way. Not this time. Okay. I'll keep it short because these aren't really um, corrections or anything. These are more of updates on previous stories. Uh, so uh, chess news, back in the chess news, um, we talked previously about the chess cheating scandal and uh, thought it would be quiet for a little bit. Uh, apparently not so because Hans Niemann has now fired back and is suing uh, chess.com and Magnus Carlsen for a hundred million dollars let's get those t-shirts printed here we go it's a redemption tour (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. um so the 19 year old is now uh suing chess.com and um basically for uh the reasons that i brought up uh previously um he he he's alleging in the suit that uh chess.com is colluding with Carlson uh because they're now business partners because chess.com is acquiring his app. Um the suit also claims that uh Hikaru Nakamura, uh, another uh uh chess player and uh, uh chess.com affiliated popular streamer um colluded with Carlson and chess.com through quote video content that uh was like supposed to give credence to the cheating allegations. Um, and uh, the suit also uh, mentions a, a Danny Wrench, the chief chess officer of chess.com, uh, who issued, quote, defamatory press releases. Um, yeah, Danny was, uh, he's had like public facing stuff because he's been on Twitch uh, streaming and stuff as well. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, he would like uh, host the, um, he would host and commentate uh, PogChamps tournaments and, and various things like that. Mm, uh, yeah, the suit says that uh, the actions, quote, destroyed Neiman's remarkable career in its prime and ruined his life. Uh, and it continues, uh, quote, chess is Neiman's life. Uh, and he like linked to the um his lawsuit uh and tweeted uh quote my lawsuit speaks for itself so so I'm thinking for the t-shirts we could have uh team Neiman on the back and then on the front we could have it be like say Chess's life mm, okay I thought you're gonna be like um team Neiman and then like on the reverse team Carlson just like in case it goes one way or the other so you can like reverse it all my bases covered (laughs) yeah (laughs) just depending on the day you know (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah uh chess.com issued a response through their lawyers but it's just kind of just like yeah he did it uh uh we are proud of our reputation and we're gonna defend ourselves basically um, there's no merit to Hans' allegations, and Chess.com looks forward to setting the record straight uh, on behalf of its team and, quote, all honest chess players. Okay. 
Do you so, think that Neiman is really potentially in over his head here? Maybe. Because, like, maybe. if there, I'm thinking if there were receipts on the part of chess.com, like receipts that they did not make public, this could compel them to do so. And things could get worse if, if everything they're saying is true. Everything that chess.com is saying is true? Yeah. And so you're saying it could get worse for Neiman? For Neiman, yeah. Maybe. Um... Or, you know, uh, like through discovery, that's going to they've got some records that show like like they're they were they're very adamant about how like um, uh, Carlson had no contact with chess.com, like with regards to the cheating allegations, mm -hmm. you know, and like, OK, you know, well, what if you did? Right. Right. You know, like what if so what you, what if you got some discord logs, you know? Okay, so it's not, let's say, like, maybe the cheating did happen, but also there was some conflict of interest on the part of, of Chess and, and yeah. Carlson, right, is what you're saying? Yes, because part of part of this complaint is uh, Chess.com's merger with Play Magnus to monopolize Chess. Mm -hmm. uh, the merger's announcement was personally made by Wrench and Carlson in a split-screen video. When Chess.com and Play Magnus announced the merger on August 24th, 2022, uh, they estimated it would take approximately six to eight weeks to finalize the uh, transaction. Thus, at the time, Neiman defeated Carlson at the Sinkfield Cup. Carlson and Chess.com were in the midst of negotiating terms for Carlson's sale of his Play Magnus brand. Some interesting timing there. Mm -hmm. Upon announcing the merger, it was reported that, quote, with this, there is no other realistic chess competitor in sight. Apart from the open source and free LightChess platform, raising questions about monopolistic issues in the space and the reasons behind Chess.com's recent price hike. I was trying to remember the name of, of that lie chest, but I couldn't because like I knew it exists, but I could just couldn't remember what it was called. And that kind of speaks to how much of a stranglehold that chess.com has over the, mm -hmm. the, the the landscape, you know. Once completed, the merger will solidify chess.com's monopoly over the chess industry by, among other things, providing it total control over chess 24, one of the last few alternatives to chess.com for online chess and purchasing pl the Play Magnus brand, which has become virtually synonymous with chess. Um, it's like, yes, but what does that have to do with, like, I understand, like, I, I'm, I brought up the conflict of interest. Right. You know, and how it wasn't really being disclosed at all. But, and it's clear that they will have a monopoly on online chess. Mm -hmm. But what does bringing up their monopoly specifically have to do with, uh, maybe just like a strategic, like uh, just changing attention and putting attention elsewhere, you know? I guess. Because, I mean, sp speculation here, but like it, it does seem like the two things can be true, right? That Neiman did do all these things and cheated and also that there was some 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 uh, conversations and collaboration mm -hmm. on, on the parts of, of Carlson and Chess and, and whatnot. So the rest of this seems like. You know, it, it's on it's on topic. Um, Chess.com, Wrench and Nakamura republished Carlson's false accusation that Deirdre is Neiman's uh, mentor and helped him cheat. Hmm. Uh, do, 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 do. Numerous officials and experts confirm that there is no evidence that Neiman cheated against Carlson or lied about his past online play. To drown out legitimate sources clearing Neiman of Carlson's defamatory accusations, Chess.com and Wrench published a defamatory report falsely accusing Neiman of cheating and lying about online cheating. So, yeah. Yeah. And we do it, still it, have these these two separate issues of the online cheating, which, you know, I, I imagine there are like documents that back that up. But then also the in-person cheating that happened this year, like that feels like a different scenario altogether. And I don't. Right. Like one does not prove the other, you know. Right. 
Obviously, you know, the context is important there if somebody has a history of, of doing something. but Right. But if you can't prove it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yes, it is continuing to be an ongoing story. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we got another one here um, because as soon as we stopped recording, a couple hours later, uh, the NHL issued a statement uh, on the Ian Cole situation. Um so the NHL uh, closed its investigation of the Ian Cole situation uh, due to a, quote, lack of evidence uh, after talking to Cole and some of his former teammates and struggling to get in contact with the individual that uh, made the um, grooming allegations in their um, anonymous Twitter post. Uh, and so he was fully instated, or reinstated for team activities and league play uh, and... That was it. It was like nothing happened. That's um, very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't know how hard they honestly tried to get a hold of the individual. Um, the individual didn't make uh, any more posts on that account, you know. Um, and it's also like, well, why do they have an obligation to play nice with um an NHL investigation in the first place. Especially when um, you consider the history of NHL investigations and what those yeah. have uh, amounted to. Yeah. It's like the, the like this wasn't even a situation where like the NHL, you know, did the thing where like they, they hired uh, an independent third party law firm to conduct an investigation. They didn't even do that. Right. Right. This would have been talking directly to the NHL. Um, and the allegations didn't even like, uh, you know, requests you know him to be kicked out of the league or you know like i asked for any kind of repercussions for for cole you know mm -hmm. uh it was just uh somebody potentially relaying their experiences and to i guess warn other women about uh you know his behavior sure right so uh <sighs> The response, I feel like the responsibility here falls on the, the league. And with yeah. this statement here, the league almost makes it seem like because we couldn't contact this person, oh, well, there's nothing else we can do. It, almost like they're putting the responsibility back onto the person who spoke out. Yeah. And it's like they spoke to some of his former teammates. Mm -hmm. Like, OK, which ones? Yeah. Like. So, so according to the allegation, like some of them knew, you know, right. But like, how did, how did the NHL decide who they were going to speak to? Yeah. Cause this is a player who's played for a handful of teams. Yes. Over the years. Yes. Um, and so did they, did they speak to like people that could, uh, based on Cole's testimony, give him an alibi, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, so did they speak to people that, um, you know, like it, 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 it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's all very unsatisfying. Yeah. Um, ins insufficient, really. And, and of course, like lack of evidence, there is never any evidence in situations like this. Right. There's never evidence unless Cole like owns up to it. Right. You know, like, so, um, it also, this, this here does not make me optimistic about how the league will continue to handle matters similar to this, because it's very clear that things need to change, uh, systemically right within the NHL. Yeah. And it's like, well, this feels like a shrug by them Basically. and, they, th and that's just yeah. not acceptable. They handled this the way they would handle, uh, a headshot on the ice. Mm -hmm. Like they had the, the in-person hearing 
and that was it. Honestly, not even because at least with uh, on ice uh, incidents, there's like a statement from a spokesperson that like gives like a formal address to that's out there publicly and, and kind of breaks down step by step the decision making. Right. But we didn't even get that here. It's yeah. all very it's all very vague. So, yeah, I, I just saw a lot of bullshit like, well, anybody can make a statement about anybody else just to get them to not play for a week. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. That that's what the what? motivation here was. Give me a break. Yeah. Nobody. People wanted to stop Ian Cole, a, a, a <laughs> oh. washed up, a washed up defenseman from playing the Tampa Bay Lightning's first two games. Ridiculous. That was. Yeah, that was that was the goal. The logic that people like the the lengths people will go to to sort of like, uh huh. you know. Yeah. Like. I, I, I don't want to cast doubt on, you know, the accusation or whatever. Like whenever we were discussing it, I was like, um, well, there's no timeline here or like dates or anything, you know. And so like it was just hard to gauge. Like, right. That was the, that was that was it, you know, um, because like this, this person was not even like attempting to like uh, provide evidence or like give, um, you know, reasons for why he should be out of the league or suspended or anything like that. That was not the goal of right. this. All, all these, all these things you're saying would be the goal of a good investigation. Yeah. <laughs> you would think, right. I'm assuming. Yeah. So it, it, reading it, it and we read it, you know, on the air, it did not read to me like a fabricated statement. No, it's absurd to, to think like, that, honestly. So, and that's something that you hear over and over again when it comes to allegations similar to this, allegations of assault right. or, or abuse or, or just like a history of, of, you know, misconduct, right? It's always like the, the, um, the reaction that some people have is not to listen to the allegation, but to figure out why there could be like an ulterior motive there. Right. And, and like why this person could be making it up or lying, which is, if that's your knee-jerk reaction, like that's that's a problem. You right. Maybe examine that. This person was not asking for him to be suspended or kicked out of the league. This mm -hmm. was not even a lawsuit. They were not even looking for um, you know, damages. Right. Right. Like th there's there's nothing to be gained by fabricating anything at all. No. So yeah, the NHL just sort of brushed it aside. Um, who knows? Maybe they've got really rock solid private evidence, but uh, I I severely doubt it. I, re mm -hmm. I really do. That's 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 where my doubt lies is with yeah, the NHL. Absolutely. So because that assumption is based on a track record and a history, right? And and all that. Okay. Uh, we have a movie to talk about. Yes. All right. That's beautiful cinema. Well, debatable. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, so we watched Halloween Ends, the the end of a trilogy of Halloween movies, and um, the end of Halloween movies. Maybe? Question mark. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I sent you a text uh, like, I don't know, 630 last night. Uh, <laughs> it was like, something like I'm an hour in and I'm like bored to tears. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my experience. That didn't change for you in the back half? Um, I mean, the last 20 minutes of this movie were a different movie. Yeah, completely. I agree. Yeah, it, it was just like so totally divorced from the rest of it like it could have been attached to any other halloween movie yes um so like i guess but like by that point i was like already so whatever that it, like it, it was just like nonsensical at that point because it felt like a totally different movie yeah can i just say like before we get into it because i watched mm -hmm. the entire trilogy this past week yeah 
because I hadn't seen any of these new uh, Halloween movies. Yeah. Um, I think the reason for that is I remember in 2018 when the first one came out, I was like, oh, you know, this is this is being well received. And and as a, as a kid, I, you know, watched the Halloween movies quite often. So I would definitely be interested in seeing this. But I kept meaning to go back and, and rewatch the first Halloween right before. Because sure. that was how this was built. This was built as a direct sequel to the first Halloween. And they sort of um, tossed away uh, like the, the sequels that. Uh, yeah. came out after that. Um, I never did that. I never got, got around to rewatching. Oh, okay. The original Halloween. So, so because of that, I never ended up checking this one out. But I did finally see it. Mm-hmm. Um, was not really impressed with uh, Halloween 2018. Um, even though I think that's considered like the strongest of the three, uh, mm-hmm. just in the public consensus, I consider it to be kind of the weakest one. Mm. Um, just because, like for me, there was nothing original in this in this remake. Um, it was treading the same territory as the old Halloween movies. Um, I guess it was doing a somewhat competent job of doing of that but like it felt just like kind of like an imitation you know there wasn't really anything new to it um all the way down to like very specific story beats which was Mm -hmm. disappointing to me because i felt like if you're going to come back after 40 years and you say that this is a a direct sequel you you should back that up with like some new ideas and those didn't come until halloween kills and and halloween s so even even then Mm -hmm. halloween kills I know you liked it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween Kills is a fucking shit show. It it's is. It's a shit show. I, I don't disagree. I should say, I should preface all of this by saying that on my letterbox, uh-huh. <laughs> these three Halloween movies are among probably the lowest rated movies that I've, I've given to anything all year. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, take everything I say with knowing that. Sure. Um, I'm not particularly high on any of them, but yeah. I did enjoy two and three more than the first one. And I... I Halloween Kills, uh, I found more interesting because there was a change in tone where the first Halloween 2018 was very like self-serious for the most part and like gloomy and had that sort of vibe going. This movie was much campier, um, much more silly and like absurd and gory and messy and and kind of just like it took us. You're talking about kills, right? Kills. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it took a swing. Um, it didn't, you know, it was a swing. It, it didn't necessarily make contact with the ball, but it definitely swung, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was a fun slasher. It took the seriousness out of it and it just turned into a pretty brutal slasher with, you know, expanding the cast. Um, I really liked how they incorporated a lot of the sort of, uh, the townspeople who were on the periphery, not only of Halloween 2018, but in the original as well. Uh, characters that you would. It was ridiculous. Oh, I mean, I don't know, like characters that would have like a quick interaction with Michael Myers. You sort of saw the, how yeah, that. The, 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 the two kids that Laurie Strode was babysitting mm-hmm. are now, you know, 50, 60 years old. I kind of like that. The nurse from the beginning of the original Halloween, who's now like 80. Yeah. Who wasn't even from the town is now best friends with them and goes to their stupid Halloween karaoke reminiscence and has nothing to do the entire movie until she has to get killed. Well, yeah, that that there isn't great, but I kind of appreciated this because there's like a years ago. Right. There, there's like this idea that years. Yeah. OK. <laughs> And no, evil but, has to die oh, God, tonight. Dude. Yeah, evil dies tonight. That was that was quite a. They really ran with that tagline. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so stupid. Um, 
No, but what I was saying about the townspeople, I just like there's this whole like through line with these three movies about how this the town itself, uh, Michael Myers weighs so heavily on the town itself. And I think to incorporate all these people that were on the periphery and make them part of like the main uh, arc of the second movie was, you know, it was something. It was something. It wasn't it wasn't nothing. Meanwhile, yeah, at least at least the second one held my attention. Yes, I'll give it absolutely. That. Yeah, this third one. But holy hold on, shit. though. Can we can we quickly uh-huh. with Halloween Kills just to close the book on that? Because I remember briefly you mentioned how uh, Halloween Kills had like this like social commentary that it was trying yes. to do. Yes. Which I so, came away not really. I didn't have yeah, a takeaway. So I had to I had to um, refresh myself because even though it had just been a year. Uh, time is fake. And so I had forgotten. So during the promotion, um, Jamie Lee Curtis compared the movie to the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh Uh-huh. How so? Uh, that's it. She just said it. In what? Like a press interview or something? Um, how communal generational trauma. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's not, that's not the, no. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And but what people really took away from it was, oh, this mob looks like January 6th. Okay, I feel like the screenplay was probably already written before that. Uh, Not only that, the movie was already filmed before then. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) there you go. Because it was held for COVID. Right. So it was actually held. It was uh, and she even says this in the interview that the movie was made pre Black Lives Matter, but she still decided to compare it anyway. Well, that's that, not that, that's not possible, right? Because Black Lives Matter has existed for a long time, like years. But before the, before before the protests of twenty twenty. Oh, so when all the um, white people decided yes, to, yes, that yes, they were yes. interested in Black Lives yes, Matter. Yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay, got yes, you, yes. got you. Before the protests of twenty twenty, and so she said that the movie predated it and was a precursor to it. If it's bad, it's it's bad. Yeah, none of that tracks. Um, oh, no, it does. Of course, it doesn't because that wasn't the that wasn't why they made the movie. Like, it's not in the movie, right? Like, what you have in the movie is um, this like mob of townspeople and and people that get involved with trying to hunt down Michael Myers, and they sort of fall under this like uh, this like mob mentality, right? This this uh, hive mind where it gets out of control. Yeah. And they end up not, they end up straying from the goal and, and a bad thing happens. Um, you know, it's like a, a witch hunt type deal. And that that's like a but, storytelling so, thing that's existed forever. The, yeah, but the problem is, is that the movie can't decide whether the mob mentality is good or not. Because they, they the mob uh, accidentally kills the mentally disabled guy mm-hmm. or, or, or forces him to kill himself, whatever, same difference. Uh but then at the end, they like street justice beat down Michael Myers. Well, after that, Michael Myers absolutely obliterates them all. So, well, yeah, but like, but like, it, the movie doesn't want want it like it's like okay, well, is the mob good or bad? I think the mob. Yeah. I think mob bad is the takeaway personally. I but the movie doesn't isn't clear on that. I do think you know? it is though. I think ultimately it is. I think mob equals bad. I think that's it, the takeaway. you have like this. You have like this street justice where it's like, yeah, we did it. But they you know? didn't. It was very. It was of very silly. Because, and because this one dude tried to like. Already, yeah, this one dude tried to like take down Michael Myers with like a hose or something. It was absurd. And I think the movie's the aware of that. Absurd. The whole time. Yeah. The stupid. The stupid old man that comes out of the bar with the baseball bat he's gonna really get michael myers 
Exactly, but it's all self-aware. Though. It's, like all, it's all camp, right? No, it's, it's not. It's not self-aware. It's not self-aware enough. I don't. I think it takes itself too seriously. Like you said, it, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's hilarious that it takes itself seriously. I think that's mm. what the comedy is. So I think we disagree on the intention yeah. of the comedy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm defending it, but also it, it's a mediocre movie at best. Sure. Because uh, the messaging here is is is... I don't even really know. Right. Evil um, bad. Pretty much. That's like the that's like the theme of the trilogy is that evil bad. Well, there's that and there's uh I guess generational trauma. Generational trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that too. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on on those, but we are here to talk about Halloween ends. Yeah. So I didn't want to sorry to get too much into that. That's fine. But yeah, this is this is the first Halloween to not feature Michael Myers since Halloween three, season of the witch. It's pretty interesting. But it, it does though. <laughs> was that where they were advertising that? No, they weren't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean he's on the poster and everything, so Yeah, yeah. He's not really in it. <laughs> well, you could say he's like a conduit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that sucks. That <laughs> sucks. It's so stupid. So okay, so, so to set stupid. it to set it up, what's going on here is the movie opens with this this uh, again babysitter, which is a running thing here. Mm-hmm. Whoever writes these movies really has some something to work out within themselves about their babysitting history. I don't. No, I don't know. it's just the, it's just to tie it back to the original. Is oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, that's it. So the babysitter's name is Corey, and uh, there's a whole pre-title sequence intro where um, Corey's playing hide and seek with this kid, and uh, the kid is playing around so he traps Corey in the closet and for whatever reason Corey decides that the best course of action is to kick the door down Mm -hmm. (laughs) after like five seconds of being in the closet which was very silly Mm -hmm. um and and by kicking the the door down he knocks the child over the second floor railing and the oh it was more than the second floor oh was it okay oh yeah well, the kid had a, lo- a long fall, and he, he dies, uh, and then boom, Halloween title sequence. Wh- yeah. What did you What did you make of this whole thing? Uh, they wanted to have a hereditary sequence. Okay, where a kid dies recently. I was thinking Antichrist, but maybe. Well, I I couldn't watch that movie as we've as we've discussed. At length, no pun intended. Yeah. So I thought this was like going to be like some sort of shock value and maybe it would f- incorporate into the main story somehow. I didn't expect that Corey would be like the protagonist of the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so he yeah. is uh, now four years after this incident, he is back out in the world. Uh, I don't know if he ever, did he serve time? Like what was the, his punishment for this? It seemed like he didn't. Okay. It was just deemed like an accident. Yeah. Okay. I think somebody, no, I think it's somebody at some point said like negligent manslaughter. Ah. But they don't talk about like any kind of actual sentencing. Right. Cause he's not like a minor or anything. They mentioned, they explicitly say he's 21 at the time. Happens. Yeah. So he's out now. He's still in Haddonfield. Uh, and of course, he's got the stigma attached to him of this, of his past here. And people look at him a certain way and they kind of tie this into how they look at, um, you know, Lori Strode and her granddaughter Allison. Yeah. And- because they're the exact same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is I mean, where this is where it all 
um, automatically doesn't make sense. Right. It's weird, right? Because they they do make the, the movie explicitly makes that parallel. And yet yeah. there is a scene written where Allison disputes it. And she's like, yeah, we are not the same. What you've been through is very different than what I've been through. Um, he does. Or he does. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. He makes that statement. So it's like the movie knows it, but also doesn't know it. I don't so know. Like, it's like, oh, oh well, we'll we got to do this anyway. We'll do this anyway. Because that, that relationship hinges, the Allison and Corey relationship hinges on their common uh, distaste for their surroundings and their their uh, seeking a new start in life, right? Yeah, which kind of rang hollow just, to me. It definitely does because it's like, well, this is just a different movie. Like, but you have this these vestigial characters from two parts of a trilogy, right? This is just this is just a totally different movie. Like, you you don't need you don't need the granddaughter and you don't need Laurie Strode for this. No. And you don't need Michael Myers. This is, just, this is just a totally different movie. Although I'd argue that you didn't need Laurie Strode for Halloween Kills either. Um, no, you didn't because she was just in a hospital bed the entire time. Yes. And in this movie, uh, I, the only the note I have about Laurie Strode is that she needs a ghostwriter. Yes. Yes. She she's is writing a, a memoir fucking... and it's very bad. She's terrible. She's terrible. <laughs> there's a line about like, um, like there's two paths in life that can lead you to suicide or cherry blossoms. <laughs> Yeah, God, that was us. really bad. And to be fair, that's not Laurie Strode's fault. That's the screenwriter's fault. Still really yeah. bad. But yeah, um, no, you, you mentioned the absence of Michael Myers because up to this point in the movie, there is no Michael Myers. He's just kind of people well, know that even, he's out in the wild, but they don't know where he is. Not um, even up to this point. It's not until like an hour and a half in. Uh, I think it's a bit earlier than that because I was going to say the, the part where I much. get really engaged with the movie is when Corey finds himself in that underground like tunnel and he encounters the sewer. The sewer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the sewer where he finds Michael Myers and he has that moment where they have this beautiful scene with their eye contact and Myers lets him go because he sees himself with uh, Corey or something. N- yeah, no, this is the dumbest dumbest shit uh-huh the absolute dumbest shit i don't know i found it entertaining because at this point michael myers is like or Corey's like a vessel for myers he he's like yeah. almost like a protege yeah and so, so Corey stupid. Corey turns into a serial killer and um he's sort of like aiding myers in his killings while also trying to like learn from him this was so stupid <laughs> i hated this i didn't mind it i thought it was kind of fun i hated this why why would Michael Myers need a protege? Well, he doesn't, right? It's it's more Corey's interest. Yeah, it's That's so the thing. stupid. It's yeah. so stupid. He asks Michael Myers to teach me. He says, teach me, teach me. And he just stabs a guy. You don't know how to stab a guy. <laughs> you don't know. How to, you can't figure that one out. You don't know how to stab a guy. He's already killed somebody. He already killed the homeless guy. Yeah, he did. You don't know how to stab a guy. Right. Well, he's killed. He's killed two people at this point because there was right. the kid as well. Oh, that stupid line. That stupid line he says to the granddaughter. Yeah. Where they're walking and he just turns and says, I killed somebody. With his like leather jacket and his motorcycle. Yeah. And it's just, I killed somebody. And then it just cuts. I'm like, what? I like laughed out loud. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So the idea okay. there that was like a little bit of misdirection, like he was going to admit to his actual murder, but instead he's just talking about his, uh, his negligent manslaughter, as we call it. Right. Like... <laughs> This is so stupid. They so so Michael Myers decides not. To, all right. So they set it up. Th- this homeless guy shows him the tunnel or drags him into the tunnel or whatever, because Michael Myers has to feed on killing or something. Well, he's just it's doing like, what Michael Myers has always done. Yeah. But like that's like his sustenance now. Sure. Is, is killing people. 
And so for whatever reason, he could also read his mind. He can read Corey's mind. And so he decides not to kill him. The first person he's ever decided not to kill is this no, kid. I, I took that as uh, Michael Myers is this unstoppable force of evil, except when he encounters a troubled uh, young boy or former troubled young boy, because it's so stupid, because there's the scene where um, they go back to 1970 and there's the kid who stumbles on the sidewalk and Michael Myers is standing above him. And you assume that he will kill this kid like anybody else, but he doesn't. Right. He spares him. Um, so I feel like this interaction with Corey is just another example of, of that because yeah, Michael then, Myers himself was a troubled young boy. And so he has this, this, uh, maybe if it's, maybe it's even like an unconscious part of him has like this, this like soft spot for, for that type oh, of No, no, this is so dumb. No, it's so dumb. And so it is dumb. Taken, it is dumb. Yeah. He's taking him, but it's not even fun dumb. It's just stupid. <laughs> and so then he's taking him on killings. Yeah. But like. Those are good. Yeah. Whatever. Like, but now they're like targeted. Now he's like act, acting like an actual serial killer instead of just like this wanton force of death. No, you know? I, I don't think there's any motivation on Michael Myers part. That's all that's all on Corey's side of it. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, but the, but Michael Myers is just going along with it. Yeah. Like, like he's but like that's always what dog. Michael Myers a, does. No, no, no. Before he just he just kills okay, indiscriminately. So can I can I bring up something that I think is was potentially the most interesting element of this trilogy, but wasn't really explored very well? Is the idea that Michael Myers um has no underlying motivation and that all of the horror that people like project or all the meaning people project onto him is is just that. It's just projections, right? Because there's in, yeah. in one of the prior movies, there's this this constant struggle with with Laurie Schrode and how her guilt and how she feels like she's responsible for a lot of this and that there's this uh connection between her and, and Michael, right? Like this tether between the two. Yeah. Um, and that like your relation to Lori is ultimately your downfall because that brings you closer to Michael. But it's like, no, Michael doesn't care about Lori Strode at all, or at least no more than any other random person that he's killed. Um, like it's the doctor that first brought Michael to Lori. And in this case, it's Corey stumbled upon Michael, and and there really is no connection there on Michael's part either, right? I just like Michael is this this force of evil and that's it. There's no other motivation except for Right. except for what everybody else wants to believe. Right. Yeah. But now but now he's just following this kid and killing like who he orders him to. I guess so. Like yeah, like what is this is awful. This sucks. And like like the kid like basically beats up Michael Myers to get his mask. Right. Like what is this? This is the most non-threatening he's ever been. Well, to be fair, he's been living in a sewer for four years. But yeah, but if they were just, going somewhere sucks. with this, they would have had to f explore further that moment where Michael does he spares Corey, and they would need to they would need to explore that. But they did right. It's it's a, it's a different movie. Yeah, it's a different movie. Like it's just, it's just it's just so unattached to Halloween. Like like this doesn't this didn't need to be a Halloween movie. This was this was like somebody else's script for something else, you know. Well, to me, it felt more just like they had a half baked idea, like they had in the second movie, and they kind of ran with. It. And you know, that's slightly more interesting than just retreading the territory that came before. Like, I, I would have. I'm glad I saw this instead of like a final showdown between like Michael and and Lori that lasted an hour and a half. Instead, you got that in the last ten minutes. Yeah, but you're telling me that you don't didn't want to see a final like. 
Michael Myers killing spree on the town. No, because we got that in, epi- in in I almost said episode two because it felt like I was watching a series, but in Halloween Kills, that's what that so movie we, was. So, so then he's so then he's in a sewer for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> while we get to watch Charlie Kirk run around, who who I knew they were going to try to turn into Michael Myers, by the way, because they put him in coveralls. Mm-hmm. Sucked. Yeah, this really hinged on making Corey an interesting character, and they didn't do that. And he wasn't. No, he was not. And they also took the character of Allison and sort of warped her into like this, I don't know, just somebody that wasn't really recognizable from the Allison in the first movie or even the second movie, but especially the well, first I movie. I don't even remember her character from the other movies. I didn't think she had a character in the other movies. She kind of- daughter. Yeah, but she kind of did in the first one because it's like she had this um, falling out with her boyfriend uh, and there was like this whole like... Oh, the boyfriend in the skirt. The boyfriend in the skirt who I think died at some point um, like everybody else. But yeah, no, because they were doing a Bonnie and Clyde thing. So she was... They were doing like reverse Bonnie and Clyde, which I I like the costumes. Um, The costumes in these movies are always really good. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, just she had like an arc and it felt like an arc where the character had like some real agency and... In this third movie, she's kind of like this, almost like the sidekick of this, this Corey kid that we don't really care about. And she's like so into this guy and, and the reasons that she's so into him aren't really believable. Um, like this connection they have isn't really believable. It's, it feels forced. Um, yeah. It just didn't like really, they, didn't really make sense. They want him to simultaneously be wimpy and like threatening. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work. Right. And also it really annoyed me that like anytime he wears a mask and has to kill somebody, he then immediately takes it off. So like we, we have to know that it's not actually Michael Myers, <laughs> that it's that it's the, the kid. Isn't Michael it's Myers like, like, insanely tall? Yeah. It's like we know. We know it's not him. Yeah. But, like you put him in the coveralls. So we know what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, not good. And that's the, that's like the other thing. They never knew what they wanted to do with Laurie. No, like, they did like, not. I, I know. I, I know I know from a plot standpoint, clearly, because they in the second movie, they just stuck her in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like from a character's perspective, like in the first one, she was like, uh, you know, a paranoid survivalist, you know, that whole thing. And then on this one, she's like Alan Wake, the novelist. Right. You know, like she's, uh, you know. Writing her memoirs, trying to be a grandma. Yeah. Well, there, there's the the um with the memoir angle, it's like this this striving to move on and sort of like process and 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 all that, right? But it's just it's so heavy handed. Yeah. There's no character there. No. And then like the, the stupid suicide scene was so lame. It was rough. Oh my god, doing the whole thing, and then she says to the camera, to the camera, to the audience. <laughs> You thought I was going to kill myself? No, I didn't. I really didn't. Well, no, she was saying that to the uh, to Corey. No, no, no. That was to the audience. Really? You really thought I was going to kill myself? Oh, Christ. That makes it so much worse than I thought. I thought that was just she was saying that because Corey was around the corner, like behind the door. Plot wise, yes. But no, that was a line for the audience. Ew. It was a wink and a nod. You really thought we were going to kill Lori? Awful, 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 awful. You mentioned how the ending is like detached from everything else. And like, that's true. And I think because of that, it's actually quite good. Um, Like as an ending, it's, it's- yeah, as an ending, fine. yeah, as an ending to a Halloween story that is meant to finalize this whole thing, but yet doesn't like they didn't earn it w- with no. this trilogy. But like as a as an ending, it's it's quite good. Um, the way they go of disposing of Michael Myers for the, you know for for the final time is is great. Yeah, but yeah, 
Like, wouldn't that have made more sense at the end of the previous movie? You gather the whole town. Yeah, but you don't make, you have to make these things in threes. Uh, yeah. but No, oh, I agree. It would have been better. Like, it would have been better <laughs> yeah, in that movie. Like, yeah. Okay. Also, something that bothered the shit out of me. They kept trying to create this through line of um, everybody is suddenly blaming Lori for Michael Myers killing people. Yeah. What was that about? Well, that's what I was talking about before, how like they, everybody thinks there's this motivation on the part of Michael Myers when there isn't one. And so the, the guilt falls onto a person who is actually capable of feeling guilt like, like Lori is, you know, um, she's taking that burden where with Michael, he's just like a, just like a, he's, he's got nothing going on up there in the head. He's just, he's just a force of evil. Right. But, but people were simultaneously acting like Michael Myers didn't exist or that he did and he killed people, but it's her fault. But it's also her fault for drumming up hysteria about him, but he existed and he killed people. Like, it, it didn't make any sense. Like, it, they just, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. Everybody in the town sucked. Like, they all sucked. They're, like, yelling at Lori for no reason. Mm -hmm. um, the doctor's a weirdo pervert. Those high school kids. Like, I, yeah, everybody in the town did suck. Which is why Halloween Kills is the best of the three, because all those crappy town people end up getting brutally killed. <laughs> but that's, like, no, that's the thing with a good slasher, is that you want everybody to get killed. Mm -hmm. You want all the annoying teens to get murdered. Yeah. You just don't want another whiny person to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want silent Michael Myers coming out from the shadows doing the fucking Undertaker, you know, uh, rising up thing. Actually, with Halloween Kills, it's not even that they, the townspeople were annoying or like bad people. It's just they were like incompetent in how they were going about they things. Were, yeah, they were just stupid. Yeah. Evil dies tonight. Mm -hmm. They needed to workshop that for sure. Yeah, just the whole the whole like evil thing i just kept thinking it's like i feel like you need to define evil at a certain point and i feel like the movies didn't do that you know like we get it like you know this is what we showed up for like we know michael myers this whole deal like we we understand yeah. what we're getting ourselves into here you don't need yeah. to be so heavy-handed in trying to yeah. relay this message to the audience right murder bad like we, <laughs> sure we, we know we know so like you don't need to be like do you, you need to choose evil or close the door or mix your metaphors, mm -hmm. or bake the pie, or cherry blossoms. Like, you don't need to, like, <laughs> it's just not the good. The cherry blossoms it's just not were good. brutal. That was really Which, bad. by the way, the timeline doesn't even match up, because this is like Halloween, and the cherry blossoms are in, what, like the springtime? I think so. So what, are you planning a trip for yeah. six months from now? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the same cop that was in the hospital in the second movie? Because it looked like a different guy. Yeah, it's the same one. Okay. Neither him and, and Lori, they didn't know what to do with either one of them. No, no, they, they didn't. They just had to keep them both around because they were part of the original movie. Right. God. Like, I get it. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, you went around for the trilogy. But why do you need that guy? Yeah. You know? Like, totally. <laughs> and, and, you need, and you need the little girl who now runs the bar. Okay, fine, sure. <laughs> yeah, it was very heavy uh, on callbacks and mm -hmm. references. The, the sewing needle, okay, fine. Like, you didn't have to, like, to talk about the sewing needle so much and then use it at the end. Like, you could have just used it at the end. You know what's so weird about all this is that um, for all the, 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 the criticism that we're saying here, I found all three of these movies very watchable. Like, I had no problem getting through them. I was fairly engaged with them, more so the, the final two than the first one. But I don't know. Like, I, I usually, if I'm watching, a like, a bad or formulaic horror movie, I check out, like, mentally. But, like, with these, something about them, something 
about Halloween and Michael Myers and all that kept my attention, uh, despite all the shortcomings. No, I, see, like I was reversed. Like I, 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 I honestly don't remember much about the first one, mm-hmm. but I remember liking it. You know, mm-hmm. like all the way through. And then the second one, it was a mess, but I was engaged. And this one, I was just checked out. Yeah, I really was. And part of that is because it, like, one, it wasn't a horror movie. Like, just straight up, it, it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um. It was like a, it tried to be a psychological thriller without having any of the insights that a good psychological thriller has. It didn't have the thriller aspect and it didn't have like the character study. Right. So (laughs) it was just, it was just kind of maybe a drama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, I was just, I was just checked out. I was just like, okay, are they really not going to do anything with Michael Myers at all? Like I knew they'd like eventually show him or the mask or something, but I was just like, this sucks. This is not good. And to be fair, so one, to yeah, be I fair, was, like, so checked out. Like I don't know where you go from massacring the whole town again. <laughs> there's a lot of no. There's yeah. There's still a lot of people around. I mean, you gotta you know. Okay, you just gotta do just get get him again. Take take another yeah. swing around town. Yeah. All right. I don't know. It just wasn't this. Yeah. Or don't do do a trilogy, right? You know, like. Well, that's just that's just not reasonable because that's how these that's how these things work. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> You know, for all the the writing problems with the character, Jamie Lee Curtis is still great. I guess they just didn't give her anything to do. Yeah, they just didn't give her much to do. Judy Greer's really good. Um, kind of the same problem though, where she wasn't much of a mm-hmm. character. Andy Matichek, the uh, the uh, granddaughter, I thought was was yeah. uh, probably the highlight of the first one. So yeah. Um, what's the date? So we'd have space for one more. Okay. I did come with one this time. Um, Also, I was going to ask if we can extend this a little bit into November because um, the new Jordan Peele is hitting streaming platforms on. It's hitting like Peacock or something in November. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. And I feel like we can incorporate that. Sure. But uh, wait, did you have another suggestion for next week or can I? Um, I mean, I had one if you didn't. What was yours? Uh, The new Scream. Oh, wait, which one though? Because isn't there like, there's one that came out earlier this year and then there's another one. It's like, I think the one that came out earlier this year. Okay. Did you already see it? No, no. What, okay. what does that require? Cause I've seen, um, I have no idea. I've seen the original scream and I love it. I think it's, I think it's, it's very, very smart and, and just a great movie, but I've never seen anything beyond that. I've never seen any sequels. I know there's a TV series at one point. Uh, Direct sequel to scream four. Oh God, help me. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, though build is a relaunch, the film was a direct sequel to Scream Four. It's just yeah. I feel it's just been kind of a tough time with these uh, remakes lately, with with Halloween and Hellraiser. Um, well, the only reason is that I heard that uh, they use an Alkaline Trio song. Yeah, but you've heard them all. I know, obviously, <laughs> but I'm curious to hear how they use it. Yeah, that'd be interesting. In, 20, in 2022, I was going to suggest Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That was going to be my other suggestion. So let's just do that. Great. <laughs> It's like another modern <laughs> slasher comedy type deal, which I've heard good things about. And it's got like a lot of cool people in it. Um, yeah, it's got Pom Pom Squad. Yes, yeah, Pom Pom Squad. <laughs> uh, Rachel Sennett, Maria Bakalova from the, uh, the second Borat movie. Uh, sure. Lee Pace, Amanda Stenberg. Yeah, this is this looks I've wanted to watch this for a while. So, yeah, we'll do that instead. OK, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let me do some anime bullshit. Great. Um, so there was some Silent Hill stream where they announced all kinds of Silent Hill stuff. Um, and, uh, I haven't really gotten into the Silent Hill too much. No, me neither. I've always wanted to, but I haven't gotten into it. Um, 
but there's a uh, one of the new projects is called Silent Hill F. Um, and I, it's like a departure because it's supposed to be like moving the series to uh, Japan uh, instead of like being set in like a fictional U.S. town. Uh, and the writer for that game um, is uh, Ryukishi07, who is the uh, the creator of Higurashi. So that's uh, I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably nobody else but me gives a shit. But uh, I mean, it's a very storied you know. franchise. Mm-hmm. Talk about Higurashi, right? Uh, Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, and I think uh, there's, there's a lot of people posting the artwork for the original Higurashi. Uh, um, why is my brain broken? The artwork for the original Higurashi uh, visual novels, mm-hmm. which which are um, interesting, to say the least. Um, like, you should just Google, like, Higurashi art sometime i will do it right now yeah well here i'll, I'll send you something but uh for those listening at home oh you were talking to um, them i was talking to okay them. i see i'll send, I see I'll send you something yeah 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 yeah. um oh this is so like this is like uh, the the contrast you get when you have these um the the cute anime girls with the very uh disturbing imagery mm-hmm. yeah yeah but even so it's a very distinct um like uh like amateur looking art style mm-hmm. but it's like um very purposeful he uh doesn't know how to draw hands at all i can see that um, from the, the yeah the, the are, shot you put in the discord here yeah 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 the hands are uh not very interesting good. um and of course of course i have no room to talk i can't draw stick figures so um so yeah so even something like this is that like a case where the artist can't do it or is it a style choice I think it's a skill level. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's a. I think it's a skill thing. Really? Because that that not knowing the context that feels very deliberate to me. Um, I think it's a skill. Because in this second photo that you posted, it's it's like the hands are front and center. They are. I I can't tell you the context of this specific image, but uh, yeah. No, I just I just think you can't draw hands. Okay. Um. And I think there have been like like re-releases of the games where you got somebody else to do the art, and so it's like improved. And of course, the anime adaptations don't look like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a lot of people just like the charm of like the original sort of. Uh, you know? I can see that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and uh, but also it's it's mostly the story that uh, you know is what hooks people. And so like if people could get past like that kind of artwork and still stick around and like have it be such a cult thing um i think says a lot sure uh so yes this is this is pretty damn exciting um i think this is like the most high profile sort of project that uh this this writer has worked on it's mostly been like uh visual novels and um i think like uh like manga adaptations of uh the visual novels and things like that so uh very curious about that game um I think it was also like a remake of Silent Hill 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people said looked bad, but I don't know. Um, I couldn't tell you. All I remember is that um, the the HD like remasters from like the PS3 era of those games were apparently like dog shit. Um, so like that 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 collection was pretty bad. So you're saying the PS3 games were remastered? No, the, it was a PS3 collection oh. of um, like Silent Hill one and two, okay. I think, and it was it was like really bad, like the. Uh, I don't remember what about them, but it was just like worse than playing like the PS1 original oh, no. in some way. Yeah. 
So and I guess PS2. I think Silent Hill 2 was a PS2 game. Um, I've always wanted to play them, but I just I haven't gotten around to it. Um, and then uh, the other thing I want to mention here was um, I, I talked about it last week. Uh, the the anime summertime rendering um, since I had to steal it because it's not widely available on Disney Plus, even though they have the exclusive rights to it. They've only released it in select uh, Asian countries for whatever reason. Um, it's really fucking good. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just such a fucking shame that nobody can watch it. Um, so the premise is, uh, this, this guy is, um, returning to his hometown that is on a kind of remote island, uh, after a couple of years that like, cause he moved to Tokyo for school. Uh, and he's returning for the funeral of a childhood friend, uh, who died in an accident. Um, and uh it's it's a supernatural uh horror adjacent mystery mm-hmm. series um that involves uh time loops uh so it has uh some similarities with higurashi um i think it's much much more coherent <laughs> than higurashi is it's much more approachable um they do a very good job of like explaining the sort of the the rules at play and like the stakes of the world in a much more coherent way than Higurashi mm-hmm. does with its sort of like loops and parallel universes and things like that. Um yeah, it's it's really good. Um uh the animation's excellent. Um I have like about it, it's it's a 25 episode series and I have like uh maybe 6 episodes left. Um so unless it like really butchers the ending you know, I, I think it's like fantastic. Um, it, it, it has uh, just the tiniest, tiny little bit like in common with Twin Peaks, just, just just the barest, barest of threads. Like, um, you know, like uh, it's a young girl that, uh, you know, is dead on a beach. Right. And mm-hmm. um, there is a uh, detective adjacent character that uh, leaves voice memos to somebody that's off screen. Um, and is kind of eccentric, like they always hang upside down, you know. Um, so kind of, kind of Dale Coopery, and uh, it's just, just a couple similarities. Um, but yeah, it, it's really good. Uh, and even as it gets more and more complicated, like with, with like the rules of you know this this world and like the supernatural qualities of it. It sort of like eases you in and like doesn't get overwhelming with what's going on. Uh, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't get like bogged down in like a ton of jargon or like shit like that. Um, that like is pretty easy to get, you know, swamped in with like a supernatural kind of sci fi series, uh, especially like with time travel and things like that. Uh, it's very it's very legible. And like they will like use like visual aids to sort of like um, like visually uh, display like concepts that are going on, like, like a loop, uh, like a time travel loop is, you know, displayed like as a, as a cliff and like, um, how each step of the loop can progress and things like that. Like, like they do a very nice job of, um, having everything make sense and mm-hmm. whether they like just have that, uh, relayed through dialogue or actually like visually animating some sort of, um, representation of that. Uh, they do a really good job with that. This sounds really good i do hope that they that the show gets a, a u.s yeah release. yeah it, it's really such a damn shame um i don't know why uh you know disney would buy the rights to it and then not not release it 
The only like, thing I, I can know. guess is that um, they've excluded things that they've had the rights to on Disney, you know, putting on Disney Plus before because it just didn't fit like the, I guess, the uh, the branding that they want for Disney Plus. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that it's that like, would okay, be my guess. Then, like, okay, put it on Hulu. Oh, absolutely, it would fit perfectly you know? on Hulu. Hulu already has a big yeah. Library. Put it on Hulu. That's always um, Hulu's been the go-to for stuff that they don't want to um, that they don't want to right, put on Disney Plus. Exactly. Plus so just put it on Hulu. You know, let people be able to see it. Which, by the way, that that the stuff I'm talking about here. So, like in the past, like that's been a really bad look for them. Um, because I remember specifically there was like a, a TV spinoff of Love Simon, which was supposed to be, I think, a Disney Plus show, and then eventually was moved to Hulu. And really, the only like, what reason would that happen for? Right? Because you're talking mm-hmm. about a teen-oriented mm-hmm. uh, show. Um, you know, it's it's easy to jump to the conclusion that because it, it featured a um like a gay protagonist right. that Disney hesitated to put it on that platform, which is very bad. Yeah. Uh, to withhold a show for that reason. Yeah. So. Um yeah, like this is pretty violent, you mm-hmm. know. There's a lot of blood. Um it's not eh, it's not gratuitous, but like there's a lot of blood. People die. Sure. Um, Although that happens in Marvel movies. Yeah. Too, well, so. th- okay. This this is this is more extreme than a Marvel movie. Okay. Fair. Um, fair. You know, like somebody's eyeball gets popped out. You know, um, you know there's just shit like that. Like people are losing limbs. You mm-hmm. know, coughing up blood. Uh, you know, stuff happens. Um, and like it's hard to tell. Like, okay, so like I, you got to use fan translations, right? Yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell without knowing the language what they're translating. Like, especially in the last couple episodes I've been watching, um, the word cunt has come up a couple times. And Uh-oh. it's it's I don't think I don't think they're using the word cunt in the original Japanese. Something tells me something, <laughs> something tells me that's not that's not the I don't know. Uh so yeah. Um but like uh an interesting thing is that um so this like takes place on uh, this island. And so everybody talks with a dialect. And if you watch a lot of anime or like, you know, Japanese media, you can kind of tell that they're using a dialect um, because it doesn't usually like it doesn't sound like the typical Japanese that you would hear on anime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that it's being translated in this fan sub is sort of like um, like like uh, Southern American. Uh, where there's lots of like instead of you, it's ya or like y'all, you know, and things like that, um, which is it, it, it's interesting to me. Uh, and like you, you kind of see that in like other anime where they like uh, talk about uh, dialects and accents. Um, so I wonder if there is maybe a complication in Disney's localization efforts interesting. for it. I don't know. I don't know. Because like I think Disney's done like ghibli stuff right i think they're like the one that has released ghibli um movies. i have no idea is that true though because all the ghibli stuff is on is is owned by I, I think in the past disney's in, done in the it. past yeah some of them yeah okay um, yeah so i don't know it's just it's just a bummer because it's really good yeah i'd be very interested like you've sold me on it i just uh it's a shame i can't just like yeah, throw that yeah. one later. so hopefully sometime soon have you watched anything on disney plus uh no okay just thought I'd <laughs> no, check in and, and see. <laughs> nope. No, I have not. Uh, I haven't really watched anything other than uh, hockey and this and uh, the movie we had to watch. 
Oh yeah, the la- yeah. past week for me has been hockey and Halloween ex- yeah. exclusively. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, and there was like a fourteen patch, so I've been also like doing that in my free time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I lost like all of yesterday to sleep because of uh, I got double vaxxed. So. Oh shit! <laughs> How'd that go? That was fine. I was just like, um, uh, what I got it on Wednesday, and um, I was actually concerned that uh. Like they like either didn't give me or screwed up the COVID shot um, because like I didn't feel it whenever I actually like got the needle. Um, I was like, oh, that like I didn't feel anything at all. Um, and so I'm like, I kind of hope I get like the sore arm or whatever. So I know that I actually got it. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, I got, you know, the sore arm. Um, I guess that person was just very skilled at administering. Yeah, I guess. Because like I definitely because I got, um you know, the new the new COVID one and I also got a flu shot. um And so I got one in each arm. Like, cause Dang. they ask you how you want to do it. Double yeah. Up. Um, and I, I definitely felt the flu needle, you know? Um, and, uh, I, on Wednesday I felt okay. But then yesterday, um, I was just fucking tired like the whole day, uh, and felt like I had a fever, like pretty much the whole day. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was fine. Like the arm was kind of sore. I can't remember if it was my first vax or the booster or like my whole arm was just like so sore. I could barely move it. Yeah, I had no real issues with my initial vaccination, but my booster later on that year like destroyed yeah, me for yeah. a day. This this the most I got was just like my arm was kind of sore like around the injection area. But mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, it's it hasn't been a problem. That's so. cool. Now you're all set and prepared for the uh the nightmare wave that I've heard is yeah. on the way. <laughs> yeah, so. I just I just read about that <laughs> after I got my shot. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That's not some special Fun. Halloween promotion. That's apparently uh, uh, more COVID. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. And yeah, I figured I'd get the flu shot. Because why not? Because why not? Like, I, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I made the appointment and it's like, oh, hey, you want a flu shot too? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? And it's like, oh, do you also want pneumonia and whooping cough and shingles? And I was like, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe some maybe other not, time. Yeah, maybe not all of them. I only have so many arms. <laughs> yeah, maybe not all of them. <laughs> so I was just like, I'll get the flu shot. Because I got the flu in 2019, which seems like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was no fucking fun. The flu sucks. So. I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, 2019 is the before time. In it my really head, is. that's when I that's yeah. what I consider. I actually, like, I had the flu for like a week. It sucked so bad. Damn. And I actually had to go to a job interview while I was sick with the flu. Um, and yeah, that was not fun. I mean, job interviews are like the worst thing when you're yes. not sick. And I'm like in my suit already. Ugh. Like I'm, I, I already sweat enough as it is mm-hmm. just as a person. And then I have the flu. So like I'm feverish, you know, and I'm in a place I've never been talking to people I've never met before, you know, trying to sound like I'm like a human being. And then I'm just like sick out of my mind. <laughs> it was not fun at all. It's horrible. Um, I got that job somehow, but uh <laughs> With the job sucked ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was not good. Um, Wait, I feel like I anyway, don't remember this. It's 2019, 2019. Yeah, I guess yeah. it was a that lifetime was like, ago. Yeah, so. it really was. That was like the last in-person job I had. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That place, that place sucked. Um. Anyway, uh, we're over two hours. Um. We had some other stuff, but it's nothing. Uh, major. Excuse me. Oh no 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 no. Excuse me. No 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 no. Did you just say? That the release, the day that we are recording 
this podcast is the release day for what's the, yeah what's the difference if we talk about it now or we talk about it next week that's fair because i actually have only listened to it once um because it just came you. out so i really wouldn't have anything productive <laughs> to say yet there you um, go so you acknowledged it you acknowledged the numerology of it actually there was a tweet hold on i want to pull this up because i almost sent this to you Taylor is going to be 12,000 days old when Midnight's is released on Friday. 12, There's a photo exactly. of the guy from like rehearsal, clock right? Has, yeah, like how a clock has 12 numbers. And then, yeah, somebody quotes yeah, me from the rehearsal. Yeah, That's very good. I almost sent that to you, actually. Because you were making fun of that like exact thing <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense, though, because like it is Midnight's. It's, it refers to 12 a.m. and it's a clock. So I thought that's a pretty... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, people, yeah, people know what yeah. Midnight is. Yeah. It's a pretty cool coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a coincidence. Uh -huh. I was also going to highlight, because there's like so much music out today, and I'm assuming that a majority of these artists had announced this release date prior to the T-Swizzle, because I feel like you want to try to avoid... Don't say... I don't say that out loud. What do you mean? Yes. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Should we end the podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think the podcast is over. I think I think we'll never do another episode again. I think I think this is it. <laughs> so <sighs> Oh shit. So you gonna sign off? I'm gonna sign off. Yeah. Thanks to T Swizzle for listening. Oh, um, if only. Anyway, uh <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, especially if you stick it out to the end where we just collectively lose our minds. Uh, check out our beautiful cinema. We talked about uh, the new Hellraiser. So if you want to know that you should not watch that movie, you should listen to us tell you to not watch that movie. Um, uh, yeah, it's up on YouTube in the podcast feed. Uh, as soon as I put that up on YouTube in the podcast feed. <laughs> Uh, also, you can follow me on Twitter at Denver, Facebook.com slash TV, search.tv slash TV. We'll be doing a live show on October 28th. Check us out, 7 p.m. Eastern. YouTube search for Denver TV. And also, we'll get a YouTube handle in the next couple weeks, some kind of new YouTube system. I don't know. I'll tell you about it. Uh, Kofi.com slash Denver Email us anything at all, like your thoughts on the Halloween tri trilogy or the new Taylor Swift album video at dinnerroad.co. Okay, we gotta get out of here. Thank you for listening. <laughs>